You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You push play and they'll push the limits. Boy, time here, and we are back with another. Are, are we actually back this time? We are back. Are we actually back? We we are back, and we have hit the record button this week. I can't tell you how many people reach out to me and said, "Are you actually fired?" Because I would be pissed. If he <laughs> should be fired. Because good lord, <laughs> we had such a great conversation last week about some uh, of the I, topics we're going to talk yeah. about this week too, and it just got ruined. I, I will say, uh, before I will say that, uh, put it this way: D left the chat as soon as he found out it wasn't recorded. <laughs> I was pissed. Yeah, I was. I was really, really mad at time uh, because it was the one time where I was like, "Oh man, this was a solid podcast," and didn't find out that he didn't record it. So, but I, I really want to go ahead and jump into it though, so we're not wasting any time uh, on time not recording. I was going to say, and, you know, the fact is we're cutting into D'Angelo's beauty sleep because we've made him push back the recording time. So uh, I'm sure you're like, I just spent this whole hour talking with these fools and I could have been asleep. But, yeah, we got so look, we got some quick. Let's call this the lightning round, pun intended, because okay. we got to bring up our first topic, because I know uh, you brought this one up, Gary. Uh, go ahead and bring it up, the Drew Brees. Yeah, so. uh Drew Brees, I don't know if anybody saw it. Drew Brees made a commercial about uh, a gambling site, I guess, and he simulated getting struck by lightning how easy it was to gamble or something. I didn't actually see the, the clip because I don't really gamble like that, don't care. But I did see a bunch of people were pissed uh, about it, and it was actually the Lightning Strike and Electric Shock Survivors International Organization. Um, my question to y'all but before y'all answer the question, I want a statement about that. Uh, do they have a right to be pissed? And then my statement is, how many freaking organizations are there out there? Can everybody just have an organization? <laughs> like, like we don't need an organization for every single little thing there is. Like, Absolutely. I've never heard of this thing in my life. Like, I don't feel like if I, I don't, I don't understand. Like, I don't want an organization for everything. I feel like there's an organization for literally everything out there, and everybody gets offended by any and everything. Well, we have to we have to cover every sector of life, first of all, Gary, uh, <laughs> when it relates to things that we believe in and things that we don't believe in. For everything that we do believe in, there's somebody that don't believe in it or have reasons why they do it or they don't. So that's going to be forever ingrained in our society gary uh but what's interesting is is that uh <laughs> i didn't know that they had this organization either gary i don't think anybody um, knew but but the fact that you know he made this commercial and it was lightning strike and it had nothing to do with the actual lightning strike very similar to the commercials that you see that you don't really know what they're promoting until the end you're just like okay where is this co commercial going so the fact that he chose this commercial is very reminiscent of Peter coming out to people that use those commercials when they use live animals. Now, this animal is getting treated absolutely phenomenal. Like, uh, he's getting his three meals a day, maybe six, eight, nine, whatever the case may be, to, to come in and act in these roles for commercials and things like that. And Peter comes out and says, nah, uh-uh, that's cruelty to animals. And I'm like, well, now, hold up now. These are very similar to the mascots of these big-time colleges. They live great lives. However, for them to come after Drew Brees for this lightning strike, they have nothing else better to do, bro. Because this was a commercial that was shot. It's not like he... He didn't he create the commercial. It it. Right, yeah. right. He's just a part of the commercial. So the fact that they came out to him lets us know that they had nothing else to do, that it was a short week, they, they needed something to be pissed off about, and Drew Brees was on their radar, and on that day, he was the one that pissed them off. Yeah, I, I just I don't understand how we have an organization for every single thing in the world. Like, is there a, is there a uh, organization for getting stung by horseflies? Because I would love to be the president of that. I have so many horseflies around my house during the summer. Uh, can we start that or? 
Like I, I, I know I, and that's I'm just making the situation. It's never heard of this thing before, but and that's not putting down people that have been struck by lightning. We just have never heard of this thing before, and you're coming out and attacking somebody that literally had no creation of that the thing, and you're just blaming that person because he's the famous person. Blame the people that created the commercial if you're going to. Actually, go to the root of the problem, not the actual person that was in the commercial. I guarantee he had no idea there was an organization for this and then that you'd be offended by this. But everybody's offended by everything nowadays, so it actually doesn't surprise me. Yeah, you got to be sensitive. Yeah, and it's crazy to me. It's like, are they have they come out against like the Flash? Have they come out against Back to the Future for using a uh, using using a, a you know electric bolt to power the uh, the DeLorean? But it's just like, what what? Where does it stop? Where does this stop? If you're going to start getting mad about this, or or just... Disney the Goofy movie when Goofy gets struck by lightning during the Powerline concert. That's right. a throwback. Y'all might not know. I'm about that to one, say, God, Lee Powerline <laughs> over here. Sheesh. Gary was all. What? That's my. That's one of my favorite Disney movies growing up. So. And the thing is, is like, uh, is is it for is is the coalition for like survivors? Because that's got to be such a small number of people. First of all, they get struck by lightning, and then second of it's, all, survivors. it's not just lightning. It's also electrical shock. So I'm assuming electricians could be part of this because you could get electrical uh-huh. shock by working. But again, why is there a coalition if you get shocked by working? That means you messed up at your job. It should have been turned well, not off. Necessarily. Not no, necessarily. But sometimes people, they think they can do it without turning the power off. And then they get shocked. Like right. that happens. I, my dad said that literally happened to him before. Wow. Because he thought he didn't need to turn the power off. But well, I think we're all experience. It's a little silly. Uh on to the next one. I want to I want to ask you guys because you guys have been on football teams and I just I went crazy cuz the other day I saw literally eight different times on the same day Russ Wilson's wife throws him birthday party and only half the team shows up. So I need to ask you guys as two former NFL athletes that have been in locker rooms, big deal or not a big deal that "Quote unquote," only half the team showed up to his birthday party. So I'm gonna be honest with you, it is a big deal that half the team showed up to his birthday party. I don't think you understand how many people that is going to a person's birthday party. You don't want half the people showing up. In fact, you don't even want quarter of the people to show up because that, in turn, that that's a lot of people, bro. That's a lot of people. I, I when I saw this story. I couldn't believe that it was a story. Like, do everybody just assume that because he's a star quarterback uh, at his position that it automatically entitles him to friends and that we need to just go to this birthday party? I thought this was a horrible headline, and I thought it was clickbait at its best, if you ask me. Uh, It's definitely a pointless article. I don't think – it's just the way to put stuff out there because all everything's going on in Russell Wilson's drama. They're going to do, they need their clicks. But I would say when Joe Thomas threw a Halloween party, 95% of the team showed up in costume. So it also, if you're a well-liked guy, people are going to show up for it. It day off, it gives you something to do and see, you can go. So I, I, I can see that. I think people get this confused though, Gary. Well-liked is different from well-known. Correct. So, so there's a difference between well-known and people that are well-liked. Correct. So I just want to make sure that we get that 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 distinguished and that distinction clear to the people out there listening. Yeah, and I think uh, so. I do. I don't think it has. It needed to be an article. I don't think it needed to be as blown up as it was. But I would say it does show that uh, he doesn't have the whole team behind his back. Uh, but also, I don't think a lot of uh, – I don't know many players that threw birthday parties that – I was just about to them. ask, how many birthday parties of your quarterbacks did you guys attend? I don't even think there was birthday parties for any player during the season that anybody attended. I think I have Charles Johnson. And I think Cap has thrown parties that I've gone to, Captain Mundelein. Those have been the only two that I think that have thrown parties – during the season that I actually attended because, you know, most of the time when it's late like that during the season, 
you don't want to be out. So there's not many parties that birthday parties that are thrown. So the fact that this birthday party made the list of the unfavorables is is funny um, at its best. All right. Well, I I, I thought it was silly myself because, like you said, this is a team full of grown men. Uh, If half come to your birthday party, I feel like that's a good turnout. Next question I want to get your take on, and I put this in the group chat so you already know it's loaded up. Uh, The LeBron call out of the media for not asking him about the Jerry Jones picture. What's y'all's take on that? (laughs) Go ahead, Gear. (laughs) (laughs) So... I'm I'm half and half, so here's how it is. So time will like the first part. I have no problem with LeBron calling it out. I, I like the fact that he called the media because they don't ever cover everything. Now, the other half is, again, this was something from 70 million years ago because he is 70 million years old. Uh, so it is something that it's not going to get that attention because of how old it was and – but I can understand him calling out because of all that stuff because I do agree, like they crucified Kyrie, like the media and everybody crucified Kyrie, and his was nothing compared to it. now. If Jerry Jones thing was happened 15 years ago, he should be crucified, all that kind of stuff. But it was also 60 years ago. Yeah, it's not something that he should be proud of. Anybody should be proud of. But again, we always talk about people deserve second chances. I know. LeBron had said, Kyrie needs a second chance. You learn from your mistakes. Well, how do we not say Jerry Jones learned from his mistakes? So you can literally talk out of both sides of your mouth with that with that whole situation. But I have no problem with him calling out the media because the media is very selective on what they're going to call out and what they're going to talk about. But if he was trying to make it about race, I don't think it should be all about race. I think they need to call out all stories the same and not just highlight one thing because of a race or anything like that. So I I find this very interesting because LeBron James is one of those athletes that's transcending and one of those that has a huge following on social media. So whatever he says can and will be used against him in America or in any country. So I I wanted to make sure I said that. But in the same breath, I want to say this. I don't think that LeBron James should be the litmus test or our moral compass when it comes to something other than basketball. I don't know why you're asking LeBron James about the climate in China. I don't know why we're asking LeBron James like his take on Kyrie Irving. I don't know why we're asking LeBron James or why we should have to ask LeBron James about Jerry Jones. I know why he would say that. But the fact that, you know, you would ask them questions concerning, you would think they would be basketball questions, not moral questions. Because I, I for one, was worried about when everybody was going around and, you know, Brett Favre was in the trouble that he was in. And I'm like, it's funny because nobody's asking these players, you know, what they thought about Brett Favre and him scamming the money and, you know, all that. Because I, I've had countless media outlets, and I don't know about you, Gary, reach out to me about Deshaun Watson coming back. Like, hey, how do you feel about Deshaun Watson coming back? And I was like, well, I didn't have a feeling at all. In fact, I didn't even know he was coming back. Completely forgot that he was coming back. Um, But it was interesting because at that time, to ask that question because it's football-related and he's a football player, I can understand that. But for you to ask that question to LeBron James, why does it matter what he thinks? You see what I'm saying? So I think part of it is because LeBron has went full, I'm a Dallas Cowboys fan. I, I'm a big Cowboys fan. He's in the, been in the box with Jerry Jones and all that kind of stuff. I think that's how they, that's why they sh- asked it is because they know he's a Cowboys fan. He has ties with Jerry Jones and all that kind of stuff. And I think that's why people would want to know. Now, why didn't they ask him? I would assume people would have asked because of that tie. They asked. I would assume they asked Kyrie because he played with Kyrie. Here's the thing: it's basketball. Let's just call it what it is. People ask LeBron about any and everything. 
for you know for whatever reason. But they don't. They don't. They didn't ask him about Brett Favre. They didn't ask him about Jerry Jones. We, I, we don't know what all about. they he gets asked. We don't well, know all he gets if they asked. if they asked about Brett Favre, it would be local. You would hear about it in the news. And I I, I do have a problem with with Time, who is a social media man, saying he never saw the story of Jerry Jones. I don't go on social media. I don't watch the news. And I heard about the Jerry Jones thing 30 times. But the, for you to say on your thing, you've never I didn't heard see about it, it one time. <laughs> that literally is crazy to me. Maybe maybe it's because I live in Dallas and the Dallas market. I can see that. I could see that. Locking it out or something. So, I, so I, I guess the, the real question is this. What was LeBron trying to say the reason the media didn't ask him those questions? Well, here's the thing. I feel like he was trying thing. to be race baiting is what it sounded like. But I don't know. Here's why I think it's important. When you have Jerry Jones as an owner of a football team, which is run – um, and constructed a, you know, a predominantly African-American people. All right, so you have this picture. People are going to you know, wonder, Jerry Jones, were you there? What was? Yeah, I'm not saying that you got to cancel Jerry Jones or like, you know, put his feet to the fire, but there is some obviously uh, biases that would have probably been born out of the fact that you are around during a time period where that sort of action was going on. Especially when you, as Jerry Jones, when all the kneeling stuff was going on, took a very, like, hard-line stance at first and no one on my team is going to kneel. Whereas that can come across as very insensitive, um, you know, because there's just two ways that people look at that. I'm, I'm not saying that, you know, if you knelt, you're, if you didn't kneel, you're racist. That's not what I'm saying. Don't hear what I'm not saying. What I'm saying is that whenever you have, uh, you know, the kneeling was very synonymous with, it felt like uh, black rights or African-American rights. Um, and even though some people looked at kneeling as disrespectful to the flag. So in those times, whenever you have that sort of, and, you know, they ended up doing a unity thing where everybody knelt side by side. Uh, but whenever you as an owner come out and that's your first reaction was, hey, nobody on my team is kneeling. You're going to get with the program or get out. Um, I could see why people would want Jared Jones to make a statement about, hey, you know, I, I, I was around, you know, when this was going on. I was an onlooker. I don't have the, you know, racial biases that come from being, you know, because you know what I'm saying? There's like so much that goes on from living in that time period uh, that, you know, you could still very likely have, uh, you know, some racial tendencies uh, in your in your makeup. So I can understand why people would be interested to hear what Jerry Jones has to say, be interested to, you know, um, have Jerry Jones come on because you know I think Kyrie Kyrie tweeted out a link to a documentary. He wasn't it wasn't a picture of him any at like you know a Holocaust party or something. You know what I'm saying? Like I don't know, but I'm just saying. But like they they like put him through all the ringer. Like hey, you got to do this, do this, and do this to clear your name type thing and prove that you're not uh, anti-Semitic. And it's just you know I can see. LeBron's point as, hey, you know, when someone that is black makes the news, every little thing that we do uh, makes headlines. Whereas something like this, even I don't even think the Brett Favre situation has been covered. I've seen it. That is what I've seen. But I don't think that has been covered to the degree um, that other stories have been that, you know, if the roles were reversed, it, they might have been. I'm not sure. I, you know, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not huge in the whole race, racial battles. I understand why people feel like um, people do race bait because you you can see it. But if you do take a step back and like look, you can see where there are discrepancies in how things are covered. So, with the whole thing of maybe this could be a reason why they didn't ask about it because uh, when they asked him about the China stuff, he said, "I'm not educated enough to respond on that." Maybe they thought he wasn't educated enough to respond on the Jerry Jones. Like you could see, if you but wanted to take the media, enough to respond to 
Well, not, I would say the reason why they said they may have said because he played with Kyrie. He knows Kyrie personally at, on like a friend level. And, well, and that could have been I'm not box. saying that's why they did it. I'm just saying if you're gonna if you're if LeBron's gonna call up the media like that, he also needs to be able to answer the questions like when they ask him about China and he just doesn't respond. But that's more of an NBA saying, Hey, you can't do that. I don't think that's a LeBron not want to talk about. I think it's the NBA putting their foot down saying you can't talk about that stuff because we make too much money. He makes too much money from China. It's a cash cow, and he doesn't want to affect that. I think it deals more with that than anything. I think, honestly, too, part of it was LeBron was saying, hey, this is something that my people went through as African-Americans, and it doesn't get talked about enough. Right. See, Charlie agrees. Somebody, Somebody's up this morning. <laughs> um. So, it, it is a crazy situation, and I have no problem with him calling out the media at all. I just feel like if he, if he calls out the media, they're going to ask every question known to the man. Now he better be ready to answer him. This is this is what I've been trying to figure out, and I, I and and I don't know if we're trending towards this way, Gary, but you help me with this. Any question that does not revolve around the sport that I'm playing. Whether I'm a basketball player, I mean a basketball player playing basketball. I'm a football player playing football. I'm a hockey player playing hockey. If there's questions that are not concerning my job, do am I still required to answer those questions? No, Gary? you are not. Or per contracts, I know that they said that we have to talk to the media. But if the questions do not revolve around my job, do I still have to answer those questions? So your contract, as Marshawn Lynch demonstrated, requires you to show up and give words. You don't have to talk and give the answers they want. You can just say, I'm just here so I don't get fined. You can just say no comment. You do not have to answer any question. You just have to be there and give a word. That's all you have to do. Players choose to give what they want to give. Uh, yeah, I think the thing with LeBron is, we, he gets asked stuff all the time. We don't get to see everything he gets asked. We just see the clips that get cut out of his interviews. But, um, you know, if you're going to – he just – he I think he really just specifically wanted to say, hey, like, let's keep the same energy when we're talking about, you know, stuff that happens. Again, and what I think is going to happen is they're going to say the same thing about China at some point, and he's not going to respond to it. Right, which is possible, which, I mean, there's lots of people – that you know you could hold to like because LeBron has obviously become the poster boy for uh, China hate, um, but there's tons of people that operate. I don't. So I don't think it's hate for China. It's more of you know what I'm saying. But they hate. They're they're trying to hate on him because of oh this and that that's happening in China. No, it's more of he's not willing to he's not willing to stand with the, those people or comment on what's going on to the people over there because he knows it's going to affect his bottom line dollar wise. Right. Well, what I'm saying is somebody like Michael Jordan that owns his own brand that is operating out of China as well. Is it, though? I don't know. I have no idea. I don't own Jordan. Well, I mean, Jordan's under Nike, and all, I, I would have to assume that it's all— It's made in China. Yep, I would agree. I mean, and, but I'm saying it's like, you know, because, I mean, what you do is you see— that's a very, like, political argument, I feel like. You always see that somebody from the right side that's always, you know— I, I hate politics in general. Um but, you know, it's just there's so many people you could call to the car. Oh, I agree. About China and Nike. and yeah, you could, There's so many companies you could call about every atrocity. Everybody was getting mad about the live golf with Saudi Arabia. There's, mil, there's hundreds of companies that are partnered with Saudi Arabia right. that aren't right. getting called out. WWE. I mean, yeah, they got 1, called 000%. out. 1,000%. <laughs> but, yeah. So, I mean, there's just – it's just all – and I think that's what it is. It's all a matter of who – who do they decide to throw into the fire? Yeah. And it's like the media has just got too much power in that regard. But uh, let's go ahead and move on from there. I think that's all of our lightning round topics. Nope, I got two. Um, how, how do y'all feel about the uh, about Patrick Peterson calling out Kyler Murray? Oh, yeah. Patrick Peterson saying Kyler Murray is all about himself. Uh, he's a me guy and calling it out. And then Kyler basically saying, you have my phone number. You can call me. You don't have to air this stuff. I think it just reiterates that it it proved what why they put in this contract. You need to study more film, 
and watch more film uh, in his contract because it's been shown, obviously, if your teammates see it, if your teammates know and can tell certain things, they can tell you're not prepared. It's it's a simple concept, and I and I I, I hated that the Cardinals backed down from that clause because of outside pressure. Oh, he's not watching enough film. Maybe he's not. They always say they uh they always tell you to take an iPad home, and they say they don't monitor it. I guarantee you, your iPads are monitored. They know how much people are watching film. Gary, I'm letting you know right now. I have yet to be in the National Football League or in college, and see a quarterback that wasn't a me guy T- name one quarterback that's Tom Brady. not a me guy took less money to pay players around him in new england gary that's that a has true statement to do, it has nothing to do with you that's not, not about me as as it relates to being on that field and playing that game bro all quarterbacks are me guys they have to be me guys that's what make them different from everybody else gary that's if what you're willing to know, because I think what he's relaying to is he's not studying film, he's not doing things that need to be done, and it would show. Hey, on, and during the game, he reads one read and takes off running. He doesn't go through his reads, and so as a defensive guy, you're like, well, that's not successful winning games. That's why we're losing games. It's because you're right. not going through, especially when you watch film the next week and you see your second reads wide open, but you didn't look at it, even though you had the time, you just didn't do it because you haven't been paying attention. Gary, this is Cam Newton all over again. I know, but, but time don't want to hear that. <laughs> Cam Newton all over again in a, a tightly knitted. No, he's wrapped. No, he's a lot smaller though. Right, that's why. Hey, look, tiny. Cam Newton, Cam Newton, and Tom Brady are allowed to be mentioned in the same conversation because they're both goats. But no, you're not going to be able to throw. Kyler Murray in the same conversation as Cam Newton. Well, we 100% can because that's exactly what it was in terms of his. His uh, developing, his his development and his skills. What happened is, is he came out and he burned the league up when he first got in there. Now defenses have progressed and they found a way that they can beat him. And he hasn't adapted to the fact that they have now adapted to him. Very similar to Lamar Jackson. Uh, Lamar got hurt yesterday and it had nothing to do with the the, the offense that they run because he's been running it uh, since he's been in high school. No, it was just a normal sack. Just a normal, yeah, it's just a normal snap. And it just, I mean, he got banged up. But that's just what he's used to. That's just what the, that's his style of playing quarterback. It's legs first, then arms second. That's that's Kyler Murray. That's 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 Lamar Jackson. That's They're not accurate passers, but they are very effective and accurate with their legs. And because they're so effective with their legs, it allows them to Create a, a running lanes, very similar to what Michael Vick used to do back in the days, and he made it very famous today. Time, you got yeah. anything on that? Well, I think it's yeah, I think it's a big deal. I think it just speaks to you know because we've seen Kyler, we brought it up before how he kind of looks like a toddler on the sideline yelling at everybody, <laughs> and you know, hey, just I think this is a bigger deal than not than half the team not showing up for your birthday party. <laughs> Well, as a former player and icon from that organization, Patrick Peterson played there for quite a bit. He was one of their staple guys in Arizona. So I think his his words carry a lot of weight. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, now we're going to move to the last lightning. Now, I did not tell them this because then we're going to get to our, our big topic, which we discussed yeah, in length last week. In length last week, but somebody ruined that. Uh, so my last topic is we've talked about this multiple times. Um, people posting stuff on social media to get likes and videos of th- of good things they do, good deeds. How do y'all feel about that before I give y'all the whole scenario? Like, are you fine with somebody, hey, I'm going to go give this this person $100. I'm going to record it so everybody can see it. I'm, I'm okay with it. I, and and I've, I, I used to struggle with this, Gary. Hear me out, though, Gary. Just, mm-hmm. just hear me out. Hear me out. Hear me out. I struggled with this because I was like, man, why would somebody, why would somebody put the people that they're helping in such an awkward position? Because now you either have to ask for permission or it's kind of obligated because I'm helping you. So you just kind of roll with the punches, right? So I get that. But I see it as this though, Gary. Like just just think about this. Like just open your just I am. I hate it. Just open your creative third eye, if you will, on this. 
when people do commercials and things of that that nature, uh, whether it's commercials, whether it's movies, they get paid, right? Mm-hmm. In order to be on TV, they get paid. What's what what's the difference in me giving like a homeless person some money and recording them doing that, or giving them some food, or giving them a drink, or giving them something? So the the payoff is, hey, I'm getting you on video camera to show you that I'm doing something good. So now that trade-off is, is me getting likes and me getting content for my channel. It's it's 2022, Gary. Because Correct. it's so late and everything is like content-driven, we got to have content. And not only do we got to have content, nobody know, you knows that you know this better than anybody. And I'm going to use this as a great example, Gary, because I've I've I, this was my gripe with the NFL for so long. I've been giving mammograms and doing things for breast cancer for a very long time. However, the difference between me is, is I don't bring cameras. I don't bring anything like that behind the scenes because most of the people that need the help don't want people to know that they need the help. So I don't want to violate that trust that I have with the people that I'm helping. However, in order for you to win man of the year, you have to record the things that you're doing in the community in order for them to verify that you're doing those things, Gary. And the only way that you can win man of the year is if you go out and you politic and get them on camera and video. So, so it, it's a double-edged sword. I mean, I know you saying that you don't like it, Gary, but mm-hmm. in order for you to get the sponsorships, in order for you to get the community help that you need, you have to put somebody on camera so people will know what it is you're doing out there. So it, it's different when you're doing a charity like that. I know I know right. for a fact you were pissed with the NFL when they were when you felt like they were using you and your mom yes. with everything. Yes. So I know you hated that aspect that you felt like you were being used. So like right. I know that that eats at you and ate at you. So I know that's a big part of it. And that's the thing is I feel like people are using other people to make themselves feel better for doing something positive. No, when, it has when nothing they don't to, have it, to. Like they don't Gary, have it has to, to do it. So it has uh, nothing to do with feeling good anymore, Gary. Nothing to do with that at all. The internet and social media and showing the highlights of our life have taken over uh tenfold. It has nothing to do now with us feeling I, I good. Agree, it has everything that's, to do that's with content. That's my problem is it shouldn't be that way. If you want to help somebody, you should just do it. You shouldn't have look, to report look, it. Look, look to I, I would rather for it. I'd rather take the latter. I'd rather somebody help somebody and record them than not help them and walk past them like they never saw them to begin with. So that's the trade-off. I I just don't like that people do a fragment. Time, how do you feel on it? And I'm going to give you the whole scenario. Okay. What you got, Time? I think think it depends on, you know, what is the purpose. Are you doing the good deed solely for the purpose of so you can get content? Purpose doesn't matter. I don't think purpose matters. To me, that matters. To me, it's where your heart is when you're, for what you're doing. Um, if you happen to get content around a deed that you do regularly anyways, and maybe you're doing it because you're trying to, you know, show what your organization is about and to g- grow your organization, yeah, that's fine. But if you're going out there and you're, like, just going to be like, you know, oh, I can't get like, let me, let's go do this, this, and this. Let's go feed the homeless people because that would make a great video and we'll get a ton of likes. That I think is shameful. Correct. I, I, okay. I mean, you can call it shameful, but I. Either way, they're helping. I mean, reg- I I don't think purpose should matter as as long as the outcome is the same. And what I mean by that is, is if I went and helped somebody out the it's kindness, it's just not of genuine. Mother, that's my problem. That's it's not. not, no, it's not you just genuine. said it's you just said genuine. help somebody out the kindness of your heart. If you do that, you're not helping them out of the kindness of your heart. Correct. You're helping them. To get so, so, so this is this is why this is why I, I feel the way that I feel about this certain situation. And Gary, whatever whatever context that you're gonna give me, yep. uh, and what you're gonna tell me is not gonna change how I feel. The reason why I feel this way, and I said purpose doesn't matter, because the person that you're helping, you don't know what they're doing. You don't know what their background is. You don't know if they're living the life that they said that they're living. So, and it's an exchange of trust here. When we no matter who's giving who what out of the kindness of their heart or for content or whatever the case may be, the fact of the matter is, is you're giving. And that's what we need more of. Purpose doesn't matter at this point. Yeah, but if you're going up to, imagine being a homeless person, you have somebody run up to you with a camera in your face showing that they're giving you food. Like, 
yeah, you're thankful for the food, but how what what is the how does that make them feel? You know, they're about to be plastered all over the internet in their situation. Maybe it's someone and, who and just what if you say no? Then they're just gonna go get it to a different homeless person. It's like you right. said, you're obligated to say yes. And you have that right. You have that right. If you don't want to be recorded and you don't want to receive the help. So the the you receiving again, the help the payoff. It's not genuine. That's all. It's 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 not genuine, Gary. But we know that though. A, a lot of the stuff that we see. But that's the problem these, I have with yeah. our society. Yeah. Like people aren't genuine. So now the context. Uh, the context is I don't know if y'all saw this, but your boy Time's favorite wrestler went back to his Seven Eleven back in Hawaii that he used to steal from every day, and bought every Snickers. And gave it to the thing, but made sure he recorded it, covered it, and everything, and posted about it. And he paid two hundred and ninety-eight dollars. This is the rock we're talking about. Who gets twenty million dollars a movie? And he said, "I felt bad forever for doing this." And he gave a two hundred and ninety-eight dollars to the store. You do that by everything in the damn store and give it to him. It's literally twenty cents to you, and you're doing something that. It's still doing it, but you don't have to. Hey, I'm going to post about it. The, I guarantee you the store would have posted and picked the story up itself if you wouldn't have done it, and it would have been so much more because now you would have got called and be like, hey, why did you do this? Now you give your story versus saying, oh, I did this and this and this and this. And then look at me, look at me, look what I did. When he could, have, they would have 100% called and the news and told him what happened, and he could have set it on a different press tour and it would look so much better because he didn't call for the, all the attention to be on him. He let them do it, just did it out of the kindness of his heart. And then they bring it up in a different interview and now it looks even better. Here's the thing about the rock story. I actually, and I actually think, so first, let me start here with first. I don't think this was meant to be a charitable action. I think it was more of the background, the story about the fact that he used to have to steal candy from here because he was so poor and now he's able to afford candy so he bought every candy bar i think it was more this was more of a a setup for social media than it was a charitable action one two i even thought this when i first saw this i actually don't think that the rock has made that gas station hole because he bought all their candy bars but didn't give them money for all the candy bars he stole so he still owes them money a lot of money I just I, my thing is like it just if if he doesn't like post about it and all that stuff I guarantee you the store would have and it would have been so it would have looked so much better for him and then he could have really gave the whole story everything without him making it all about him that's the problem I had it just well, like I said I, felt I, like everything I was about him was, and nothing about what he was actually doing I don't think he was trying to do this as an action of charity. Um, and like, hey, you know, look at this good deed I'm doing. I think it was more of like the funny story behind but, it. That he's, but do you not agree if the store calls that and he gets to do that in his own press thing without well, him talking about it, he can still do the same story, everything, and now it looks better because now he just did it to, to go pay back versus making sure everybody knew he was doing it. That's the yeah. problem I had. Well, you know, he wants everybody like to know about the, it. Because, you know, it's, it's for funny to me. So that's one of those things where it's like, that's the content. You're just grabbing content for a story. You know, it kind of goes along with the seven bucks thing that he always peddles, uh, you know. So, I mean, I, I I don't look at that as the same situation as what we talked about because um, I don't think that was him actually, like, looking to be charitable. But even if you're not, it just it, the story's so much better if they report it versus you doing it. It just looks – it's got to be about me. i got to make sure I'm covering it. I want to make sure everybody knows about it versus – he, was he worried that they weren't going to tell anybody and he wasn't going to get publicity for it? Like, well, I'm saying it because that is, is the whole purpose was for content for him, for that story, you know. So I, I understand, uh, you know. Uh, because- I just, I just, I could never do that personally because I just feel like that's not genuine. Like, and, and that's my problem. If you're going to give back, be genuine, be actually care about what you're doing. Don't just do it just to get likes and get people to see and say, look at me. That's oh, yeah. We problem. know The Rock has plenty of charitable events that we oh, I agree. I don't disagree with that. I'm just saying it didn't have to be all about him. And I, it was. Yeah, and I just don't think this was The Rock trying to do something charitable, so that's why it's different. Dee, did you have anything else to say? Because I actually have one more thing I want to ask. 
I, I don't. I really want to get to the conversation. I want to get right, to real quick, real quick, time real because quick. y'all, this lightning round is taking a lot longer than. Well, we know it was usually the the cinnamon Shit. show, so we're trying to limit the cinnamon. Real show. quick, before we get to the prime, the prime time discussion, Liver King on steroids, big deal or not a big deal? Everybody not already knew. Deal. Everybody already knew. That's not, it's common not sense. Not a big deal at all. You don't I, get looking that way without steroids. I agree. But I was like, I, I, was I don't like, know why surprised. he came out and told somebody must have said that they was going to blackmail him. But I, yeah, I don't Some, Well, somebody did track his receipts and stuff like that and found out he was doing that. But again, you don't get that way here. Disclaimer to everybody out there that's listening. You do not get ripped like that without steroids. You will not get that way just normally working out and eating right. It's not possible. None Thank of you, it is not. You're not going to do that. Gary, can you show them your body real quick so everybody knows that you are actually very knowledgeable on this because you do not look like that? I do not look like that, and steroids don't work for me. Right, either. and you don't take steroids, so <laughs> exactly. that's how <laughs> All right, D, kick us up into the next discussion. Okay. I, I, and with is... that, I mute D. Oh, wow. I just want him to wait another 30 seconds. He's really wanting to talk about this Dion subject because we had a really good conversation about it uh, last week. And uh, I'm sorry y'all didn't get to hear it. Uh, you only have one person to blame. It starts with a T and it ends with an E. Um, if y'all don't know who that is, that's time. Um, but yeah. We'll let D talk now. Uh, I know he really wants to talk about Deion Sanders. I was wrong. I'm going to admit it before he talks. I thought Deion was going to South Florida. I 1,000% thought he was leaving, going to South Florida. I think D thought he was staying there. I had no no thought in my mind he was going to stay there. Uh, all right, D, you got it. What do you got? Okay. So this is my rant about Deion Sanders and HBCUs and everything that he started. So – there's so much to unpack here. Very similar. We don't to have that much time. So and the conversation that he had with the kids when he got to Colorado. But we'll get there when we get there. So first, let's start off at Jackson State. If I'm a Jackson State fan, you're absolutely right. I am pissed off because you came to my university and my entity and you changed it from a cellar dweller or just a regular university and you turned it into something that's very hot around the country, not locally, around the country. We've been undefeated. We've experienced uh, a, a boom in ticket sales. Jackson State University clothes is like cool to wear because you're winning games. Like you are at the forefront of college football because you're HBCU um, and the timing for everything is perfect for you too. Because Deion Sanders is is cultivating that culture of being an HBCU. He, he's doing everything that you want him to do as a coach, and he's winning on top of that. Completely understand that. You, you JSU fans, you have a right to be upset that Deion Sanders has left you because he showed you something and showed HBCU schools something that will never be done again. Mark my words, this will never be done Again, and the reason why it won't ever be done again is because there was a lot of colleges that lost a lot of money to Deion Sanders and the recruits that he got at Jackson State. Those same recruits, when colleges went in to recruit him, knew that they were going to get those handful of recruits that was one, two, three, four, five, six, ten, fifteen in the country because of the culture that Deion Sanders has. All right, now. Let me talk to the, 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 the people that are not Jackson State uh, fans. This not your, this not you. Stay away from that. Don't even talk about it. We don't even want to hear what you got to say about Deion Sanders, whether he going to go or whether he going to stay. And the reason why I say this is because we, and when I say we, I'm talking about everybody that's listening and everybody that's talking, including myself. We have been talking ad nauseum um, about black coaches getting the opportunity and going on to coach at other different colleges. And this was his opportunity. He said it best. You either get elevated or you get terminated. And this is one of those opportunities where he was going to get elevated. Now, somebody, I, 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 I've been trying to make it make sense, Gary, but I don't know who in the hell thought that Deion Sanders was going to stay 
at Jackson State University for the rest of his coaching career. Whoever I, did was completely naive I, and right. artist because that's right. not bad. The, the, I was always told in the coaching carousel is that your ultimate goal is to be successful in the National Football League. So much like those amateurs that are playing in college football, much like those amateurs that are playing in high school football, just like those coaches that are coaching at the amateur level at high school, that are coaching at the college football level, they too want to make it to the National Football League. They too have dreams of being NFL coaches. They too have goals and aspirations that we should respect. However, 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 I can fix all of this at the end of my rant because I've been wanting to talk about this for two weeks now. So let me finish, Gary. Let me finish. So Deion Sanders, yes, he took the job at Colorado. My only issue with him taking the job at Colorado, Colorado ain't HBCU, big dog. I don't know how some of the things that you did at this HBCU are going to transfer over to Colorado. Uh, There's a lot of things that may not go like they did at the HBCUs. I don't know how much power they're giving Deion Sanders when he step on campus, but I I, I did like the message that he sent to the kids when he got there. He said, hey, I got my own baggage and it's Louis Vuitton. I got my quarterback. He coming with me. So everybody that was praising those NIL deals, are the same ones right now that are pissed because now I don't have to go in and keep your 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 kids best best interest in mind. You know why? Because now we've taken that pressure off of us, that onus off of us, and we put it on that kid through NIL deals. So now we can go in and we can tell them the truth. So everybody was like, "Man, I can't believe Dion is being real with these kids like this." Well, he, he we don't have to hide it anymore. They getting paid. These we're teaching, we're treating these players all like NFL players, and that's how Deion Sanders came in, and that's how he addressed the group. I too was upset a little bit at Deion Sanders, only because of this. For all year, his whole thing was he had he got into a discrepancy with another SWAC coach, and he was like, "I'm SWAC, I'm SWAC, I'm SWAC, I'm SWAC," and um, you know, later to come to find out, like again, I know that this is just that. Like these are, we know these are like, you know, um, stepping stones, if you will, in the coaching process, you got to start low and then, you know, you eventually move up that, that corporate ladder and you get that, that job that you really want. This is one of those stepping stones. I understand that, but there's certain things, Gary, that I would not say if I know for a fact that this is the job that I'm starting with, this is not going to be my end all be all job because like he said, he could have got eliminated. He could have got terminated, Gary, from a standpoint. He could have went to Jackson State and completely fell flat on his face. And they would have fired his ass and they would have moved on. Um, but again, I think this is the residual of the NIL deals and him being able to go in there and talk. Now, I, I want to say this, and then I'm going to let you have it, Gary, because I've said a lot. There's a way of fixing all of this. Uh, I always get mad when fans get mad when players leave and enter the portal and they go somewhere else but not necessarily have the same energy for coaches there's certain coaches that people have that energy for and then there's other coaches they can care less uh again i'm not gonna get into race i'm not gonna get into why or what or why that is the case i'm just i'm 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 gonna fix the problem and the problem is this if you're a coach if you're a player if you're any of the above and you sign a contract with a team, then you have to honor that contract unless both parties agree that they want to change it. So if a coach signed a four-year deal or a six-year deal, then they dumbass is locked in for that four- to six-year deal unless both parties just say, very similar to a divorce, we both got to come to some common ground and say, you know what, this ain't working. We both mutually going walk away, to walk away. Same thing with players with contracts. The same way with uh, college players with uh, with contracts, with these NIL deals or with them playing in college. You can't leave unless y'all both mutually agree on both of y'all pardon ways because far too many times it's been one-sided in this university and this coaching thing. But go ahead, Gary. 
All right, so I'm going to ask you two questions first. I'll let you think while I talk. So my first two questions are, will HBCUs be relevant ever again? That's the, now, don't respond to after. And why do you choose Colorado over uh, South Florida, Cincinnati? Cincinnati's a bowl team. They're playing Louisville this year. Like, they're a pretty good team. Their coach left to go to a bigger school. So why do you think he chose Colorado? So now my whole thoughts on it. I think uh, I think this was – writing was on the wall when he went there. I think the whole purpose – like, he went there to because that was the only school that was going to give him a shot. He literally earned a degree – at Jackson State, so he could coach because you're. I guess you're not allowed to coach unless you have a degree. So he got. They helped him get his degree. They were the only school that gave him a shot. So he started there, and that as a coach, that's what you do. You start low and you build your way up because that's what you're trying to do. It's a stepping stone, and he used this as a stepping stone. I think if anybody thought he was going to stay there forever, delusional. Like he, it's it's Dion. He he's always about prime time, being in the spotlight. He's not going to just want to stay there. And I know. We talked about last week, which people didn't hear it again, but you talked about how he could be a spotlight of the HBCU. But I don't think that was ever going to be – he wants to keep going and going and going because he may have something for himself that he wants to do. And you can't – people can't fault him for that. He could do what he wants to do. I know people are upset because of what he did, but every coach does the same stuff. Every coach says they're not going nowhere, and then they leave. Every coach does it, and everybody believes it for some reason. No coach is out to look after their team. They're all looking after their self because that's how it is. Coaches, are, until like until something changes with the contracts, it's always going to be that way. Until until some colleges, big colleges say, hey, you can't, or smaller colleges, you can't leave us without this amount of time. You locked in for this contract unless we outlaw you out or you buy yourself out. That type of stuff. But it's, now it could backfire because you could say, hey, I can't be fired until then either. You're locked in for me until then. So as a coach, you could set it up that way too. I think the only way you could resolve that if you wanted to get yourself out of both of them, you have year-to-year contracts and you renew them just like you do scholarships. People don't know your scholarships renewed every year. You do the same thing with a coach. Hey, we're renewing you for the next year because everything's going great. And you just do one-year deals every time. And then that way you're not locked in longer than a year. And then if you're at a big school, it ain't going to matter because they're not going to leave you anyway. Smaller schools, you're going to lose them, but you're going to lose them anyways with the way the whole system is now. So I think if anybody thought he wasn't going to leave, outrageous. I don't know why he chose Colorado. That's why I asked you. I thought he was going to South Florida because I know Florida is a big recruiting bed and he has ends there. Obviously, he went to Florida State. It's prime time. I felt like that was a great – now, if you want to go to the best team, Cincinnati has the best team. Uh, they're going to be starting a rebuild, but still, I would—I don't know what the reason for choosing a one-win Colorado team, but hey, so be there's, it. There's no, there's no pressure on them, none whatsoever. I agree. At Colorado, there's there's nothing to follow up. There's no greatness that has been in Colorado, very similar to Jackson State. Uh, they'll they'll probably erect a statue of Deion Sanders, Gary, and do a whole bunch of craziness for him, for his time at Jackson State because it was so revolutionary and the things that he did there and the people that he brought around those students and the access that he gave the media and the media gave them in terms of college game day, Gary. I I, I honestly believe that this door that was open for HBCUs that Deion Sanders opened it, open, it closes behind with him when he leaves. Because the spotlight isn't the HBCUs. The spotlight is prime time. He is the spotlight. And he brings uh, people with him that also garner the spotlight, uh, like his players and such. Um, I find it very interesting that, you know, when this when the, when this college portal opened up, how many people transfer from Colorado and how many scholarships that he'll have available. Because he does he does have a lot of kids at Jackson State that he brought in that, I mean, that are dogs, like he said, and like he said, he's bringing in his quarterback. He bringing in the kid that he that he got from the other. So all these kids that got Jackson, Jackson State scholarships that he think that can play, you know, hopefully those scholarships open up in Colorado. Or do he have the ability, Gary, now with these NIL deals, that he can go and fire kids and say, hey, you know what, you need to be looking for somebody else. You can't play. You're not on my team. I need your scholarship to give it to somebody else. Well, did you see the somebody we, I guess, we know by proxy, that transfer from Colorado already? 
Really? Josh McCown's son. He transferred from He's Colorado. transferring from Colorado. So he, he, he played four games this year uh, and got hurt, so he still can redshirt, but he's, he's transferring. Obviously, he knows he's not going to get a chance to play. So uh, they're, yeah. he's transferring somewhere else. But, this but Josh is the, McCown's son. Yeah, this is a very smart decision by Deion Sanders taking a one-win team. He can win four games next year, and it, it's – Correct. So it's he's positive. fine. So it gives him so much time to bounce back, get the guys in that he want to get, but that's, get the offensive, defensive coordinators that he want to get in. Now I'm going to tell you something, Gary. This is a completely different situation than Jackson State. Jackson State, when you go into HBCUs, uh, talent-wise, there's not much of a talent drop-off from a skill position player-wise, but everything happened in the trenches. And at the that's the difference between D1 AA and D1 single A and like the division one, division two, division three is what happened in the trenches. Cause you can have those skill position players that are just dynamic, but just get beat up in the trenches and you can't hold up. So this is going to be very interesting for Deion Sanders at Colorado because it's D one it's good on good Gary. Like every, every stadium that you show up in, you're not better than everybody at every position. No, you're going to be worse a lot. You're gonna be huh? worse at a, you're gonna be worse at a lot of positions. Oh, absolutely. Until he get the guys that he want. And then I, I've always wondered about this, Gary. Now I I know Colorado is not a HBCU. Everything that Deion Sanders did for that HBCU school, bringing in the 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 the, the, the comedians that that were uh influencers, bringing in, you know, rappers, bringing in R and B singers bringing in comedians that have, you know, did stand up a bunch of his friends that he played with from the Cowboys and the Niners and stuff like that. Bro, Colorado, white, white. Like I'm talking about the whitest of the white, the unseasoned chicken of the chicken. How is this going to work, Gary? Like make it make sense. How is it going to work? Talent will follow primetime. That's that's what he's got to hope. That's the reason why. Like, and I know Colorado. Like, the reason why I thought it would have been South Florida. South Florida isn't the same thing. They're very bad. They're not a good team. There's not a lot of expectations. But I think the positive for Colorado is they have much better facilities than South Florida. And I could see that's probably part of the reason why he went to Colorado because it's better facilities for the kids. And it's easier to recruit if you have good facilities. Bro, I'm telling you right now, Deion Sanders is not worried about any of that because Coach Prime right now is the hottest coach in college football right now. So now, he can get whatever he wants to before a snap of the ball even happens at Colorado, and he's gonna be he's gonna be in a lot better position than a lot of coaches that are going there because he's coming with his own crew, he's coming yeah. with his quarterback, he's coming with his skill position players, Gary. All he needed somebody up front to block for him. I'm interested to see what his pay is, what they paid him. Mm-hmm. I'd be, wow. I'd just be interested because obviously this is a guy who doesn't doesn't need money. So I'd be interested to know: are they still paying him? Is he taking a lot of money? I'd just be interested to know. I would. It's just an interesting well, thing. I don't really care, but it's just something I would like to know. My only question to Deion Sanders and Coach Prime is. And I've heard him say a lot of stuff. He reminds me of Coach Tomlin uh, when he talks and how he speaks and how he carries himself uh, and, 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 and how he presents himself. But my question to Coach Time would be, I mean, with Coach Prime would be, is this the right decision for your brand, right? Like for your brand, what you've built so far, like, I, I, I can't see young Dolph walking the halls of Colorado. You see what I'm saying? Like, it just doesn't. I make... could. You know what's legal in Colorado? Yeah, I, I, I understand what you're <laughs> saying. But, like, nobody just goes to Colorado if you get what I'm saying. You you yeah. understand what I'm saying. No, I understand you what you're saying. You go to an HBCU like, and a halftime. He's also going because of Prime. He's not going to stay the night. He's going to go there for the day and then he's out. Like these people, that are, they're not going to stay for a week. They're going for the day or the game, and then they're leaving. They're not staying there for a month. Now, as coaches, they're going to have to. He's going to have to. But like, yeah. like you, I think you made a good point. He's got nothing to lose. They're a one-win nothing. team that's terrible. Nothing. 
So like all he can do is improve. Like if he gets three wins, he improved. So it could help his brand because he's improving a terrible team. So this is my this is my question to you, Gary. And then we gotta we gotta come we gotta come to a conclusion on this podcast. But my question to you is this: How many years do we get out of Deion Sanders at Colorado? That's the first question. And the second question is, because of what he set so far, what is a successful coaching career at Colorado for Coach Prime? I think you get three years. Because his okay. son will graduate. Uh, I think he'll get three years there. I think he's going to probably get – I think his first season he'll probably get four wins. Four wins. Then he might get six. I don't think you ever get a 10-win season from Colorado. But I think they'll see that as a benefit. If he gets an eight-win season in his third season, I think he gets another job somewhere else. Because he turned around from a one-win team to an eight-win team in three years. I think that's a considered winner. And that would be competing for their championship in that division. And I think you would see him go to another higher school. It wouldn't be like at Ohio State or anything like that. But it might be like a bigger school. Like maybe it would be like a, um, I want to say like a uh, Michigan State, which is an upper echelon, but not a top of the tier team. Like you might see a school like that or not LSU, but you might see – South Carolina or somebody like that picked them up. And like, that's like a middle of the road, but they're higher than Colorado, but they're lower than the other teams. Yeah. You could see them going one of those, or you could see him. You could see him. If he does well there, he could get picked up in the NFL. Who knows? Okay. So I, I I'm going to tell you, I'm thinking that Deion Sanders is going to win. He's going to be bowl eligible his first year. Oh, he's going to be bowl eligible his first year. And the reason why I'm telling you that he's going to be bowl eligible his first year, because he's coming with all his skill position players, Gary. All he has to do is teach the offensive line and the defensive line what it is he needs them to do because he's coming with his skill position players. His skill position players, Gary, can play with anybody on any level. I'm going to say they're bowl eligible year two, not the first year. They're bowl eligible the first year, Gary, because he's coming with all – He's coming with his quarterback. His quarterback. You, you got a twenty dollar bet on this? Nah, I don't want to put twenty dollar bet on there because I can't, I can't equate for injuries and things like that going to training camp. But I, I'm, I'm letting you know with the, with the skill position players that he has, that he had down in Jackson State because he's allowed to bring his guys. He's gonna, he's gonna come through and he's gonna make a lot of noise fast because the offensive system, they already know it. They just need somebody to block it, and I think it's going to transition well for him once he get to Colorado and get him locked in. What you got, time? Uh, well, now that I've fallen asleep over here. <laughs> <laughs> no. Hey, well, as as you continually like to mention, uh, I did mess up uh, the recording last week, but – yeah, it's funny, ain't it? But I was all in on Prime, was out of there 100%. Uh, I thought anybody who thought he was staying was crazy. Um, and I don't think that you, anybody can be mad. You know, there's doors that open uh, thanks to what Dion's done. And then, you know, there's other people that can come in and carry on uh, what he started. As far as being Colorado, I was kind of surprised that's where he decided to start. But, you know, like I thought you brought up a good point with like, you know, it's pretty much a clean slate. There's no expectations. Uh, and... For me, because I went to a Campbell University, so it's go see you for me. So I feel like it's just natural for me to continue to say go see you. Um, so I'm for it. Maybe, maybe you know, uh, Colorado. Do you think the legal weed has anything to do with uh, why Dion might want to might want to go? I know it's like. No, uh, I, had to do with that. <laughs> I, I think Dion went for the challenge because everything about Colorado. Everything about Colorado does not scream prime time. None of it screams Coach Prime. So if I can go to Colorado and I can turn Colorado's program around, then the next offer I get is going to be from Florida State. It's going to be from North Carolina. It's going to be the job that I want, not the job that I'm using to get to the job that I want. Well, uh, yeah, and I think the spring board, I think he, he ultimately is going to try to get to Florida State. 
Yay. Yeah, that's what I could see happening. But that's the ultimate goal. And then maybe even Dallas Cowboys one day or 49ers or Atlanta. If he if he was gonna go to a NFL team, which one would it be? I, Neither. I think yeah. I don't think he wants his playing career to overlap with his coaching career. Okay. All right. Well, I think that's going to wrap up this week's podcast. Glad to see we have it recording and we are good. Oh, do we? Are you sure? Uh, Let me check. Yeah. Yep. Still going. (laughs) So we appreciate you guys tuning in for another episode of the Cinnamon and Sugar podcast. We'll be back next week, hopefully, uh, if we can continue this streak of of recording. And I got a very active one-year-old right here beside me. Uh, But we'll be back next week. We out. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to the Cinnamon and Sugar Podcast featuring D'Angelo Williams and Gary Barnage. You are now listening to 